First Peter, chapter ch- chapter two, verse one to verse ten. I'll read for us. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants. Anyone have babies? Infant babies. Long for spiritual, pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like a living stone, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. Amen? Honor is for us who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but you, now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have mercy. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. If you're just joining us for the first time uh, to this, this space, we're currently studying through the book of 1 Peter. Right? We're just going to go through the whole book. And, and this book, 1 Peter, which is towards the end of your Bibles, it's actually a pastoral letter, a letter written, sort of like an email, but, but a letter written by one of the pastors that were overseeing multiple churches in the Asian Minor region, which is the modern-day Turkey. And the guy's name is Peter, obviously, because the book is called Peter. This is the Apostle Peter, one of the apostles of Jesus. He writes, at, towards the end of his career, ministry career, he writes this letter to mostly non-Jewish Christians who are facing some really difficult challenges as they try to keep their faith in a hostile environment. So he writes to encourage, to remind them, to realign uh, people that are struggling, that are going through difficult and hard things to say, look at Christ, look at living hope that we have in Christ. The past two weeks, this is our third week in 1 Peter, past two weeks we were in chapter one of the letter, where Peter sets the tone by expounding on this idea of hope. Everyone say hope. One more time, hope, right? And, and, and Peter begins this letter by going over this idea of living hope, right? Not hope that is attached to external circumstances of life, not hope that we deal with and we, we, we think about every day of our lives, but hope that is a little different, that is not attached to eternal, external realities of life, rather on the eternal, unchanging, imperishable truth of God's promise. Peter says there's this hope that it is like nothing else in this world. It is eternal, it is unchanging, it is a hope that we have received through our Savior 
And he says, it is, it is this type of hope that will sustain people that are struggling, people that are facing hardships, challenges, challenges at work, challenges at home, challenges, a midlife crisis, whatever you're dealing with. It's this type of hope, parenting, that will sustain you even in the most difficult seasons of life. In fact, when we live in the reality of this very hope that Peter is talking about, this very living hope, and trials and challenges no longer are obstacles. Because when we think about trials and challenges, we think about, oh, they're they're obstacles. We we want to get through them. We want God to give us a new season. Yet Peter says, if you actually live according to this hope, the trials and challenges, things that frustrate us and annoy us, even those things can become the very things that God uses to refine and solidify and mature our faith in Christ. If you missed last two weeks, that's chapter one. And really, Peter uses imagery of gold refined by fire, right? And that how our trials and challenges refine and, and, and helps us to see that our faith in Jesus is not, is not fake, it's real. So today we are in verses 1, 2, verses 10 in chapter 2, and I have three encouragements or three challenges that Peter has for us. One, love earnestly. Two, live purposefully. Three, be, be held together. I couldn't, th- third one, I couldn't figure it out, held together. I wanted to action, but it didn't work, okay? But held together, we'll, we'll get to it. But first, loving earnestly. Verse one, if you have your Bibles, just open it up, your apps, open it up, maybe put it on, the, on, the, on a non-distraction mode so that you won't get distracted by other text messages. Verse one, it says, so put away all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. You see verse 1 to verse 10. This is a continuation of the things that Peter has discussed. We are picking up Peter's conversation in in mid-sentence because he begins with this idea of so, therefore. And what what Peter is saying is everything I've discussed earlier in the letter, the, the call to holiness as the one who has called us is holy. This living according to this living hope this, 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 this reality, um, and part of this reality of God's call for us to be holy as he is holy involves, a major part involves how we relate, how we do relationships within our Christian community. We'll see quickly, we'll see shortly that really Peter is talking about relationships, yes, but relationships within their Christian community. Uh, verse 1 to 22 to 23, just before verse 1, this was Peter's encouragement, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable word of truth. And Peter in verse 1 says, you cannot have genuine love and you cannot love one another earnestly without willingness to put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, Right? We cannot love our spouse genuinely when we have these emotions in us, right? Our spouse will know. And verses 1 to 5, if, if, if you read chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, it's actually a really long sentence in Greek. It's a one sentence 
which means if read together, verses 1 to 5, it becomes clear that Peter is speaking directly into perhaps some of the conflicts that existed within these churches. Paul is very upfront and direct about challenges and division, right? Philippians, Paul says, hey, agree in the Lord. Peter may be subtle, but Peter is addressing some of the challenges that the churches were facing. And friends, churches throughout the history have dealt with divisions, disagreements, other relational challenges. Some of us uh, that are from the States, immigrant churches, we've been through church splits, church drama, fights between pastors and elders, and we've experienced that here as we're a young church, things like that. That's just part of what it means to be church or, or, or part of the deal of, of trying to live life together with people that are still on a journey. I know people are surprised when there's drama, disagreement, division in the church, but, but what, what the scripture is telling us is we shouldn't be surprised that there are some relational challenges in church. It existed from the very beginning, and it, it has existed throughout the church history, and this is just part of what it means to be a church. Again, for one, because we are broken people, None of us are perfect. None of us are without sin. None of us did not sin this week. But we are on this journey of trying to worship and honor and live for Jesus. And two, Satan, the enemy, will always look to divide Christians because he knows house that, that is standing against itself cannot stand. That's one of the schemes of Satan. Satan loves it. Satan loves to cause division, miscommunication, misunderstanding within Christian community as well. So that's just part of what it means or the struggles of being a church. So, 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 to be, so, so from this text, what we need to recognize is that we have to be vigilant as we serve, as we're part of a community, that, that we do our best to be able to love one another, to pray for one another, to be aware of this reality. And, and, and Peter, in verse 2, notice he doesn't actually give us a list of virtues that counter these, these vices in verse 1, right? Paul does that, but Peter actually says in verse 2, this is how Peter encourages us in our struggles, in our challenges, relationships at work, relationships at church. He says, it's, it's by being committed to the word. He's, he's continuing this argument about being committed to the word. Like an infant baby who craves his or her mother's milk, in the same manner or attitude, we should to desire for the spiritual milk. If we want to be able to love well, if we want to be able to be the community that God desires us to be, Peter says, you got to be in the word like baby crying for its mother's milk. Anybody have infant, infant baby? I think like two weeks ago, I was hanging out with a family in our church that has an infant baby. And I, I had forgotten how, how intense when baby cries. Like, I, I thought, okay, no more babies for me, right? It's been a few years for us to hear like babies cry. And it's so intense, right? I do not miss it. I, I pray for you. But if you hang out with... Uh, families with, with infants, I mean, it's so intense, the way baby, it's almost like, it, it's dramatic, I'm like, dude, you're so dramatic, I'll give you milk, okay, I'll feed you, relax, but there is this intensity, and, and, and Peter says, keep on drinking, keep on craving, keep on wanting, 
so that in verse 2, you may grow up into salvation. Interesting words. You may grow into, grow up into salvation. Friends, what Peter is saying is when you and I come to Christ, we enter a lifelong journey of growing more and more like Christ. No one graduates this school. This is just school of Christianity is, is, is from the day we give our life to Christ, we are continuing to grow more and more like him. And this journey does not end until he calls us home. And so, so what Peter says is grow up to salvation means you need the word to continue to grow, continue to be like him. And Peter says one of the primary ways that we mature as Christians is by drinking, eating the imperishable word from it. That we gain a greater understanding of God and his character, his will, his purpose for us and for our community. And you're like, Pastor Sangmi, you spent last 20 minutes last week talking about this. Yes, I'm talking about it again because Peter is talking about it again. I know you guys were inspired last week, but how did you guys do in your time with the Word? It's one thing to be inspired, another thing to actually get in the Word. So Peter reminds us again, just like I'm reminding you again, we need the Word. The phrase to long for in our text, in verse 2, in in Greek literally means long for spiritual milk, literally means to yearn for something with utmost fervor and intensity, as if it was a matter of life or death. Nothing casual about baby crying out for milk in the same way you and I are supposed to crave, desire, not casually, not Good if I do my devotional today. Okay, if I don't, not, I don't, you know, I don't, not, not, I don't need it, or, 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 or uh, it's nice to do it. No, it's actually, I need it. I need it like, co- I need coffee in the morning. I need it like, I need good night's sleep after a long day, like food after not eating anything for a whole day. We, that's the type of longing that Peter wants to encourage us to have for the word. Because Peter knows without it, we put ourselves in grieved danger, in grievous danger of just living life. Right? If we're honest, as Christians, when we're not in the Word, some of us have gotten so used to not being in the Word, we just live life. Right? We just make decisions and choices, and we, we just let life take us on this journey. And after a long time of not being in the Word as Christians, what happens? You wake up one morning and you wonder, how, how did I get here? How am I dealing with this, this stuff? Why is this drama in my life? Why, why am I dealing with this or that? Because, because we're not in the Word. Right? We assume, oh, we, we just make choices and decisions and things will work out. No, that's not what Peter's saying. Peter's saying you need the Word daily. Like you need coffee. Everyone likes coffee. We live in Seoul, Korea, right? We love coffee. Like coffee. Like coffee. Like we need coffee. We need the word. Can I be more clear? I'll spend next week another 15 minutes talking about this, all right? So this is a preview. I'm kidding. But we need the word, guys. We, we really, really need to be in the word. So, so how do we love each other earnestly? Peter says, be in the word. That's really the solution. Second thing, living purposefully, verse 5, you yourselves are like living stones and are being built up as a spiritual house. 
Again, verses 1 to 5 is a one long sentence, which means we must tackle verse 5 within the context of verse 1. Peter says, put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, because we are all like living stones. Stones that are holy. Holy literally means what? To be set apart. Stones that are set apart, that have been put aside for a clear purpose. Tell somebody next to you, you have a purpose. Just just turn, I know it's awkward. You have a purpose. (laughs) Thank you guys, thank you guys, appreciate it. You have a purpose. What's the purpose? We are being built up to be a spiritual house together. To be a holy priesthood, to, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Translation, we together is the church. We've said this many times. Church is not a building, although we have a very nice building. Church is not a building. Church is not a program. Church is not people of God. Church is not anything else but people of God being built up together, built up not simply to enjoy each other, but with a clear purpose to be a place where broken, lost, disoriented people can come and discover God just like we've discovered God. And really, that's the beauty of the gospel that Peter is talking about here, that we are not only saved from our sin and shame, but also we are saved for something else, to be his church, together, not just alone, not just pastor, not just elders, but together, built up to be the spiritual house, to be a place of worship. What, is, what does it mean to be a priest? What does it mean to give sacrifice to the, Jewish, to the, to the Jews? It, it means to worship, place where we meet God, we encounter with God, we ask for our forgiveness, and we receive God's forgiveness. So this means each of us who consider King's Cross as their home church, you have been uniquely chosen not just to come and listen to a sermon and go home, but really come and build to be an intricate part of what God is already building in this place. What Peter is saying is, you Christians, you followers of God, you are not a consumer, but a contributor. Not a consumer, but a contributor. Because if if we approach church, local church, as consumers, we will always be frustrated. You're not going to like something. You're not going to like the preaching. You might not like the program. You might not like the temperature, the coffee, whatever the reason. And you always wonder, can we find a better church, better sermon, better kids program, better parking, better small group experience, closer, easier, more spiritual, less intense, more reformed, less reformed, less conservative, more conservative, more charismatic, less charismatic, shorter service, longer service, probably not longer service, but everything else, yes. But we do that. When we visit churches or when we are on vacation and we see churches like, oh. But it's really when we approach church not as a consumer, but as a contributor, because that's what Peter says, we see it differently. You can come and turn your frustration into your contribution. In fact, you know, when, when, when you are frustrated about something, when you like go to a restaurant and you're frustrated about their service, or you're frustrated about sanitation, it's not clean. You know, that's, that may be the area that you're gifted in. When you're frustrated about something, about church or other place, 
That may be the area God has uniquely gifted you in because you notice that it could actually be better. It could actually be done well. Not a consumer, contributor, and your contribution to this community is, is not only nice, but it's important. We cannot do what we do every week without people that are contributing to what we do. Right? Of, of, of people that were leading worship, they are living stones. You've seen living stones put together. They prayed through. So the worship team alone involves like 20 people every week. And the worship leader and the team of the worship, they have to go through songs and pray through songs and choose, make sure the chords work, make sure other people can play. They come together early, super early, like 11 o'clock. Earlier than me, they come here, they practice. We got mics and we got soundboard and we got all this technology. We have no idea what we're doing. None of us are experts. We're just like, let's see if we can figure this out. But we come and we give our, our gifts and we, 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 we do our best to serve this community and we get to worship, right? This doesn't just happen. None of these people on stage except me are paid. But because they are playing their part, not only here but people that are welcoming, people that are setting up, putting on this banner and, 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 and parking, all these things allows us to come and worship God. We are living stones and you are God's plan to build this community, not consumers. Amen? We have a purpose. L- lastly, held together. So the question is, how does this all work together? How does broken people like you and I with our own struggles and ambition and malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy that Peter obviously knows that's what people are struggling with, how can we with all these baggages really build something that will not fail? That's the mystery of the church. Verse 6, Peter says, look no further than the words of Isaiah 28, 16 and Psalm 118, 22 Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, that's verse 6, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. What Peter is saying is as long as you build your community on this very cornerstone, the house will not fall. In any building, big or small, whether it's, a, it's, it's this amazing piece of architect like the Lotte Tower or your tiny little apartment that we live in, the cornerstone is the most critical part of the, the, any building, any structure. It's the very first stone that's carefully placed at the foundation, setting the stage for everything else. It provides not only strength, but stability, acting as a pillar for the entire building. Cornerstone, it, 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 it plays the most important part. It also ensures the accuracy and the alignment as the construction uh, progresses. Builders use it as a reference point, a guiding light to make sure that all the other stones and, and walls are placed correctly according to the cornerstone. It serves as a beacon ensuring that the building rises with perfect symmetry and proportion. So what Peter is saying is in the same way, we have Jesus, the cornerstone, not only of our faith, but of every Christian community, including this one. 
And what Peter is saying is, it's not your political views or your music preferences or your ideas of what is good church and what is not that is bringing you together, but it is only faith in Jesus that is bringing you and I together. And in fact, it's through faith in Jesus we're able to transcend differences, right? Because all of us look around, we are very different. Different denominations, different Christian history, different preferences, different ways of thinking about church and life and politics, yet we can overcome these differences because of our faith in Christ. And friends, it is Jesus' teaching of love and forgiveness and redemption that forms the foundation upon which the church community is built. And this is why verse 9, we started with get rid of malice, get rid of hypocrisy, get rid of envy. And we go to verse 9 and Peter says, but you, because you have obeyed the word, all the others have rejected this stone, you have received this cornerstone, now you have a new identity. You go from being, being filled with malice and envy and hypocrisy and slander to you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, chosen race. In verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Friends, it's through Jesus, him laying down his own life for you and I. When he took on that cross, there was this amazing, profound shift for us that we are not responsible for. But it's through Jesus, we who were once separated, lost and without identity, we who were not a people, disconnected from the life and love of God, we who were once without mercy, trapped in the consequences of our sin and our choices, have been given mercy. And this is why we can also extend forgiveness, extend mercy, and, and be able to love people that are so dang hard to love. Not because we can do it, but because we've experienced that forgiveness ourselves. And confidently proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here's an encouragement for us. Let me just wrap up this week, guys. I'll just be very practical. Be in the word. Like you are, you love your coffee. Whenever you get a coffee, think about, man, I need to be in the Word. And, and, and pray about, Lord, if you're in the process of looking for a church, I say, stop looking, just pick one. It could be this one, it could be another one, just pick one. And say, Lord, how can I build something? How can I be part of what you're doing in this place? And when things get hard and difficult and frustrating, look again and trust in the cornerstone. Right, everything else, right? In a house, it's really nice to have nice furniture, nice decor. All these things are nice. But none of those things really matter when, when, a, when a huge storm comes over your house. What's important is that we have a solid foundation. And, and let's pray that even our church, as we continue to grow, as we continue to move into the, the purpose that God has given us, that we are founded in the right things that we're known to be a church that is founded in Christ. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for elders that we continue to be able to lead our church in that way? Because if we don't, I mean, 
we could achieve a lot of things, but we could completely miss God's desire, God's call over this community. Amen? Let me pray for us as we... Um, Oh, let me just give you time to pray. Yuna, can you come and play something nice for us? Um, can I give you a moment to pray? And whatever um, that spoke to you while we were going through First Peter, uh, whether it's coming before God and saying, Lord, I need, I need to be hungry. I have no appetite for your word. You know, earlier, before service started, we got together as people that are serving. We pray that there'll be a greater hunger for God and His Word. If that's the prayer that you need to pray, would you pray that? If you need to repent, Lord, I've just been, I've just been a terrible co-worker. I've just been a terrible husband or wife. I've just, Lord, teach me how to put on love, how to put on goodness, how to put on your character. If it's recommitting, to being in the word uh, would you make that commitment now Lord I want to be in your word would you help me would you restore me once again let's spend a few minutes praying and I'll pray for us and we'll go into time of communion Can we also pray for this community? Uh, whether you're visiting us, whether this is your home, can you pray, Lord, we want you to be our cornerstone. We want you to be our center. We want you to be the, the, the anchor of everything we do. Would you pray for our leadership, myself and the elders as we lead that we won't get sidetracked on, on, on different things, but it's about Jesus. It's about who Jesus is and his forgiveness, his love, his life. Could you pray for King's Cross Church? Let's pray. We pray, Father, for renewal. Oh, Father, understanding who you are and what you do, God. Our community is founded by you, by your name, who you are. Elders and pastors to fear, to know God what that is. Father, we we need your help. We're so distracted by our devices, our, our TV shows, our sports our work Father would you create a hunger in us would you create the need to feed on something that's substantial Lord would you give us discipline and and faith 
to trust what you say, to trust when you say we need to crave pure spiritual milk like an infant craves its mother's milk. Lord, help us to trust that. Help us to walk into that, Lord, as, as your people. Lord, if anyone is struggling, if anyone is dealing with uh, trials of life, Holy Spirit, would you remind them that you are with them? You are in this storm. Thank you for today. Thank you for the word. Thank you for all the people that are here. Would you continue to move us? Would you continue to work in us, Lord? We thank you. We love you. Thank you.